You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I've got prepared for you today is Fletcher Drag from the US outfit Pennywise. The reason for the conversation is to promote their October and November 2017 shows in Australia alongside the Bronx. So let's have a listen to what Fletch has to say. Here we go. First and only time I must admit that I saw Pennywise was in the year 1995. Uh, you performed before Therapy at the uh, ill-fated Alternative Nation concert, which played in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. But, mate, you've enjoyed a very long and successful career since. Why do you think you've enjoyed so much success, critical af- uh, acclaim and, most particularly, fan admiration? Um, I think we've had such a long, successful um, career because we try to keep it real I think you know we try to make decisions that we think our fans are going to appreciate uh you know the initial onslaught of our fame or whatever uh, acceptance by Australian fans namely was uh I think Taylor Steele's video momentum the surf video I think that changed the playing field for us uh because you guys are obviously a a surf, uh, you know, very, very surfed out country. And I think when you, when, when surfers and skaters and like-minded people put, put that video in and heard the soundtrack, they automatically thought they'd found something. And I, I think I really credit Taylor Steele for doing that for us. But when, mm-hmm. when it comes down to, you know, coming down there and playing, I don't know, the energy down there, the, the vibe of, of the people, um, it wasn't like going to play for a bunch of punk rockers. It was going to play for a bunch of surfers that liked to drink beer and liked punk rock. So yeah. it was like right up our, our alley because we grew up surfing and skating and, and playing punk rock and drinking beer. So it was like a home away from <laughs> home. And I think we've just tried to tried to keep our heads about us and just, uh, you know, appreciate what we've got and, and try to take care of our fans and always think about our fans as far as songs are writing and, you know, every, everything, everything Pennywise, you know, it's, it's, we always talk about what our fans are going to think of what we do. And I think that's what's kind of helped us stay yeah. around this long. Yeah, I've always found that about you guys. You, you guys are very fan focused. So, mate, my next question is about Jason Matthew Thirsk. And he, of course, was the band's, or is the band's long since departed bass player. And he was honoured posthumously on the 1997 album Full Circle. Now, you are coming to Australia, and I believe you're coming to Australia to perform the album in full this month. But, mate, in, in your opinion, what do you think Jason would have to say about the Pennywise of 2017? Um, damn, that is a, that is a, mix, a mixer of a question right there. <laughs> um, I think he'd be pretty stoked on, on it. Uh, I mean, we've tried to carry on with his spirit and, and in his tradition as much as possible. I mean, he was, you know, one of the first guys in the band and his, his lyrical content and positive mental attitude, you know, towards writing lyrics really helped shape the band and, and push it in a certain direction. So we've been trying to maintain that. We talk, I'm telling you that we talk about what our fans want and what our fans yeah. would be into. We're always running that question. We're always talking about what Jason would do and how Jason would write a song and, and, and how Jason would write a lyric or or how he would deliver a line. And, and 
he's just super prominent in everyday life for us. I mean, you know, we still practice at his little brother's in his little brother's garage, which is where Jason lived. Cool. Um, cool. We're very close with the fam family, and uh, it's we're still doing memorials. I mean, just last year we did a twenty year anniversary of his of his passing, and uh, you know we we played a, a private show party for all of his friends and fa- all our friends and family. And so he's he's a real big part of Pennywise. He always will be. He's always on stage with us. He's there with us when we're writing songs. So I think he'd be pretty stoked uh, on you know at least ninety seven percent of what we what we do. Hopefully, yes, hopefully sweet. he's looking down, smiling <laughs> and proud. Yeah, I, I feel rather privileged to be, and I think it's probably fair to say uh, one of the few fans that, in terms of the percentage of your fans that would have seen you guys live over the last thirty years to have actually witnessed Jason playing the band. As I mentioned, I watched you guys in nineteen ninety five on the Alternative <laughs> Nation Festival and. Mate, uh, next question sort of linked to um, linked to the members of the band, and you you are, well, you seem very close, and you've only had two lineup changes in your history. Of course, there's Jason's tragic passing, and um, Zoltan Teglis replaced Jim Lindbergh on the album All for Nothing, All or Nothing, I should say, in 2012. How have you managed to survive as a band since 1998 without any serious or major permanent falling out? Um. Not easy, you know. Uh, especially having me in the band with you, <laughs> because you know me. I'm just a big drunken pile, running amok, uh, terrorizing people half the time. So, um, kudos to my fellow band members for putting up with me all these years. But we all we all have personalities. We all have our faults, and uh, I think you know we've struggled, we've fought, we've yelled, we've screamed. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's about you know, eventually learning how to respect your band members and, and letting everyone have an opinion and trying to respect that opinion even if you don't agree with it. The problem is uh, democracy is a really hard thing in real life. And yes. you, you you need to, with art, you know, you can't point at a picture on the wall and tell somebody to like it, you know. Three people like it, one person hates it, doesn't want to look at it. So... Pennywise is a giant compromise. Um, everybody's really strong-willed. Everybody's got an idea of how the song should go, what the T-shirt should look like, you know, what song should be in the set list. We all have very, very uh, strong opinions about things, and it's just basically throwing it all in a pot of stew, cooking it up, and, and coming out with with the recipe that works for everybody. And you know, you see a lot of bands where you know one guy does it all, like. You know, No Effects is a band where Fat Mike does the lion's share of the songwriting and, and and playing. And, like, that's easy, man. If I was in a band like that, I'd be stoked. Like, here, play this, do this. And had a successful band and, and was able to tour and, and have great shows. Like, my God, my life would be so much easier than being in a band with these three guys because literally everything's an argument. And it's not an argument in a bad way. It's just an argument uh, in, in a way of trying to see eye to eye and come up with something that works for everybody. And the thing is, the fact is that when you have three people, four people, and you put them together, that's what makes Pennywise. You know, Byron playing the drums too fast, me playing too fast in front of Byron, Randy playing too slow, Jim writing, you know, the lyrics the way he writes and and throwing his two cents. Like, we're not perfect. We don't know what the hell we're doing. But when you put those four parts together and when Jason was a band obviously 
you know, he was a part of it. Uh, you have something that kind of is just that thing and no one else can do it. When you start replacing members and, and start changing things, it, it changes everything about the band. So in order to like survive, you gotta, you gotta take everybody's faults with, with their good. And I guess we've just learned to appreciate each other and understand like without each other doing our particular job, even if we're, it's wrong what we're doing, it's right for Pennywise. Like some of its parts are more than, than, you know, it's, it's individuals. So we somehow made it figure out a way to work and we're, we're probably doing better, I think, relationship-wise than we ever have in, in the history of the band. Cool. Mellowing with age, would you say? I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> I think there's still plenty of, plenty of fights going on and plenty of arguments and, and plenty of passion in here, but it's, I think it's more just a respect issue. You've know, got to let everybody, you've you got to look at it sometimes and just go, hey, you know, I know that I'm right, but he knows that he's right too. So let's find a common ground and let's move forward instead of saying, I'm not going to, you know, I, I quit or I, 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 I will not work on this song anymore or this record or, or this or that or I won't play this song live. Like it's kind of like, okay, well, let's find a compromise and, you know, at the same time, keeping our fans in the forefront of everything and, and making sure that we're doing stuff that makes them just as happy as it makes us. So I think, mm. you know, we've survived for 29 years and we've had our ups and downs and our tragedies, but we're, we're a brotherhood. We're just a dysfunctional family, just like the next one out there. Cool. Hey, something that I'm, I'm guessing that you've, you don't get asked this too often and I'm disappointed that you, your guitar playing isn't highlighted more often because... You were certainly one of the first guitarists that I ever heard in punk rock that really stepped up the attack and you introduced some very fast picking a la Scotty and Evanthrax, mate. So I've got to ask, what uh, got you into the guitar and who are your influences? Um, for me, I would say what got me into the guitar was punk rock um, and the music itself. Uh, you know, I just got so inspired by the music and I connected with it so hardcore. I was actually at a show and I was, I think I was watching TSOL and one of my friends, I was like, man, these guys are so good. It was like 1980 and I was like, God, it'd be, it'd be fun to be up on that stage right now. He's like, what are you talking about? You could do that. You could be up on that stage in six months. I'm like, yeah, right. And he's like, no, man, get a guitar, get a bass, learn how to play, start a band. He's like, you could do it. And he was a bit of a musician, and I was like, all right. I went home and bought a guitar. Well, actually, I bought a bass because I was going to be the bass player, and my buddy was going to be the guitar player, but he couldn't seem to deal with six strings, so we just literally swapped out in his bedroom, and I said, okay, I'll play guitar, mm -hmm. and uh, started playing, and, you know, obviously, I leaned, I was in Hermosa Beach, living the Descendants, Circle Jerks, Black Flag, literally watching them in backyard parties, carrying their gear for him. 14 years old, um, and I, I just was heavily influenced by the, the South Bay punk rock scene, and namely Greg Ginn from Black Flag, and then eventually uh, Lyle Pressler from Minor Threat. I really liked the speed, and and that really pushed me into like kind of like a real grindy guitar tone, like Black Flag, but at the same time a really fast-picking guitar style, like Minor Threat, and... Mm. Uh, and eventually, you know, I mean, I was always a fan of metal, but like, you know, Metallica and, uh, you know, Motorhead and stuff like that. Like, I really.
got into like uh, Kill 'Em All and uh, Master of Puppets, like that super fast, tight picking, muting, and I kind of like took the Black Flag minor threat and then the guitar tone of Metallica and threw that in a threw that in the microwave and pressed go yeah. and came out with I guess my style. Yeah, I'm definitely hearing that. Yeah, I know it's it's one of those interesting things that I, I always I. I'm 39, so I grew up in the age of print media, you know, when I was a teenager. And I used to scour the pages, because I am a musician, I'm a guitarist and bass player, and I used to, I've always been a Pennywise fan, and I used to look for you, interviews with you in the pages of Guitar World and the other guitar-related magazines, but I could never really find too much. There was a few footnotes here and there, and you were asked for a quote here and there, but do you remember that era in the 90s? when print media was rather large and were you ever approached by the guitar magazines to do interviews? Yeah, I mean, I did, I did a, a fair share of them. I mean, I, I had like one guitar world that was called, entitled Boogie Man because I, I played Mesa Boogies and I was probably, I mean, I can't say it for sure, but I was probably one of the first punk rockers to, to get a proper boogie amp. And the reason I got it was because of Metallica. And I, I figured out what they were playing. And I went and bought it. Saved all summer. And that kind of defined our sound was that metal, that metal type tone that scooped mids. Um, it was punk rock. And I mean, Brett Gerwitz loved that amp. He used it on some no effects albums, some bad religion albums, uh, uh, down by law albums. He borrowed from me all the time, and then I turned Eric Melvin onto it, and he'd come down to my house and check it out. I, I swear, like all these early punk bands started playing boogies because of mine. So I, I did get that little bit of credit, I think, in the guitar world. But for me, like I'm not the guy that goes and learns how to play Stairway to Heaven or a bunch of solos. Yeah. Like I'm just not. I'm not the guy that's going to sit there and practice some, someone else's song like eight hours a day. Like I literally just started writing my own songs at 14. And I, of course I know a couple, you know, songs here and there, but I really don't know any proper covers except other than the ones Pennywise plays. So I wouldn't say anyone's looking at me like some guitar virtuoso because I'm not a shredder and I don't have a lot of knowledge. I don't even know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I can play Pennywise songs good and I can play fast and I, I do what I do, and obviously it's working because we've sold a lot of records and we've got a lot of fans, but I think, like, in all the guitar magazines, they want something a little bit more substantial because everybody's just like, you know, they work their asses off to become the next Eddie Van Halen. I'm sitting down here yeah. playing, you know, two bar chords at 300 miles an hour and, and, and muting like a, a madman, and, you know, it's not it's not that difficult, but it, it's definitely, playing a Pennywise song is not the easiest thing to do either you no, gotta, that's right. you gotta very, work it's, at it's it it's bloody you know? hard it's very hard I, I, yeah I mean for me like I, I tried to develop my own style rather than and, and have my own flavor than, than sound like somebody else and uh, be good you know I was just like I just want to be me and and that's it and so I I guess it worked you know I'm not looking for the cover of a guitar player like I I suck but I have fun and I and I can have a couple beers before I play shows, so <laughs> I think I'm doing I think I'm doing it right. Yeah. Excuse me, Andrew. This is your one minute reminder. Okay, no worries. Well, Fletcher, I better wrap right. things up, you, you mate. Can go over, over. If, if you need to, you can go over a little bit. It's no problem. So whatever you 
Okay, mate. All right. I'll, I'll, I've got a couple more questions about gear, if that's okay, because I do host a show on Four Triple Z called Scars and Guitars, so I do like to talk about gear a little bit, provided the you know you, you're cool to talk about that, mate. But yeah. um, what sort of guitar are you playing in 2017? I'm playing the same one I've been playing for a long time. It's an Ibanez RG. Um, it's oversized because uh, I went to them. I've told the story quite a few times. I went to them. I'm a big dude, and, and their guitars were kind of uh, a little bit on the smaller size as far, as far as the body was concerned. So a long time ago, I actually had a local guitar shop, Music Works, uh, good old Jim Foote, who's kind of a legend guitar builder, um, built me an oversized Ibanez body, and then I put all the Ibanez hardware back on, and I, I went up to Ibanez eventually and said, hey, you know, I want to get sponsored. And they said, we're really not sponsoring punk, punk guys. We're... We're a metal, you know, more of a metal guitar company. And I was like, all right, we'll check this out before I leave. And I showed them the guitar and they were like, what, what the hell is this? I'm like, this is an oversized Ibanez because I'm like oversized human. Mm. And they're like, you put all of our, you put all of our hardware and our neck, neck back on here when you built this custom guitar. I was like, yeah, they're like, why would you do that? I'm like, because I like your necks. And I like your pickups. And, and they were like pretty blown away by that. And they sponsored me on the spot. And uh, I wound up, you know, they've been making me custom custom guitars for, I don't even know how long it's been, 15, 20 years now or something like that. And uh, that's what I'm playing to this day. I'm playing an Ibanez RG with uh, one volume tone knob. Uh, it's got it's got two pickups. It's got a neck and a bridge pickup, but only one of them's hooked up. That's the bridge pickup because I actually hit the neck pickup while I'm picking and it kind of like, ramps my pick in a way it's like a staircase up to the strings for for my pick I, is that right my okay. fast playing like yeah 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 if i don't have that pick pick up there believe me i know because my guitar tech took it out one time and i just started breaking strings like a madman um that literally helps me helps my strumming because i strum really really hard so i use i use light picks like 60 millimeter dunlops um or else i'll break strings because i'm just a big you know, animal. Uh, I'm using EMG 85s and uh, yeah, just everything on full blast, no effects, just a wireless straight into a to a, a boogie head, and uh, that's it. And you must use very heavy gauge strings. I assume you're a 12 to 56 player. Um, it'd be funny because that would that would delve into the fact that I know nothing about guitars so if you start telling me about string sizes I'll be like yeah <laughs> what does that mean but I mean obviously I know a little bit but I'm using um, I want to say I'm using the hybrid slinkies but I, I don't know I'm using heavy uh, heavy bottom light top or whatever whatever that combo is okay. I can probably go find a sit line around but it's I used to use nines if you believe that and then I Jesus, I you went up and I did the, the high, Yeah, well, that's why I used the light pick, and then and then I went up to tens. So it's basically tens with, uh, or maybe it's. I don't even know, man. I'd have to go look. That's okay. Tells you how much I know about. I just know. <laughs> I know what pa I know what color the pack is. It's like orange pink. Orange so, pink. Okay, I play any it. ball myself, so I'm trying to think what that would be. Yeah, I, I'm maybe ten to forty sixes, maybe or eleven to forty sixes, maybe. You know what? I think I think I got a I think I got a pack right here. 
No worries. I can do that. And you're, and you're, you're interested. Let me see. I thought I saw a pack line around here. Yeah. Hybrid slinkies. Nine through 46. No way. I'm wow. not using those anymore. Those, that, that was a while back. Those are just laying in the drawer. <laughs> Super slinkies. Mm, nope. Not using those. I don't know. It's a good question. Oh, well, there you go. And what about, and you're still a Mesa guy, or have you changed yeah. over to Mitt Marshall or something else? Um, no, I'm doing uh, I'm doing Mesa rectifier heads still because one they're they're hard to beat. Um, I, I've tried out a lot of heads, uh, you know, and put a lot of heads right up against it, and and have different you know companies that want to want to sponsor me, take care of me, but. The boogie, the boogie just seems to be the head for me. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, it defines our sound, and the rectifier winds up being an amp that, you know, pretty much everybody can get their hands on, and they're pretty consistent. And I, I play the dual. Yeah. I play two dual rectifiers. So it's full stereo with two two full stacks. So all, all uh, you know, 16 speakers are firing, and we see a lot of bands that just play one cabinet, or not even play a cabinet. They play amp simulators now, and they just have cabinets on stage that aren't even plugged in. But yep. I actually run two, two full stacks, turned up to the point of where everybody hates me usually, <laughs> and um, running them stereo left and right out in front of house with a little bit of delay from left to right. So it's actually opens up a big hole for drums and bass and vocals and makes it sound like a wide, a wider stereo mix. You can literally like hit that delay and you just hear the room sounds like it gets a hundred feet wider. So real basic, like I said, no effects tuner, Sennheiser wireless. And, uh, yep. that's it. Just straight in and lots of gain and cut with mid range. And there you have it. That's the formula. I've spoken to mate. I must've interviewed, I've interviewed well over 200 musicians at this point in time, mate. And it's never failed to amaze me, but the most unique and identifiable guitarists, don't use effects. It's all about the picking hand and the way you hold the or the way you form your bar chords and the way you throw it off your rack or the way you throw it off your amplification. Very much like Keith Richards. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know, you see all these guys with these huge pedal boards and all this shit and they're making all these crazy sounds and it, it's like, that's great and all, but you, you, know, you look at someone like Tom Morello, okay, his... He's got a lot of effects and stuff, but the way the way he picks and the things he does define him as a guitar player. It's just it's a style. I mean, he's going straight in the amp. He you know who's playing, and I mean, for me, it's crazy that like Jim, you know, Jim plays guitar. He writes songs on the guitar. He plays guitar. You know, when we're working on songs in the studio. Sometimes he'll drop some stuff in the studio as well. Randy plays guitar, and literally they can play a song and show me a song how they want it to go and then i'll pick up the exact same guitar same amp same settings grab it from them and i'll play it and it'll sound completely different like 100 percent different yeah. and it's really weird like when my guitar tech's out there playing my guitar uh sound checking it sounds insanely different than when he hands it to me um and it all comes from the pick and the way you pick it and the way you mute it and you just get used to your sound and I, I think that's you know super true that you if you're uh, if you're 
relying on a bunch of pedals and a bunch of stuff to, to make that your style, then you kind of don't have a style in a way. And if you, you know, just play the guitar straight in without any effects, that's how you develop your style. And then, you know, if you want to use stuff after that to kind of sweeten it up or, or change it up. I mean, I definitely use effects in the studio, you know, and yeah. wahs yeah. and, you know, delays and stuff like that. But live, I just, I never get around it. I mean, there's been times when I've tried to use delays and this, that, and the other. It's too, it's too crazy up there. Pennywise shows are out of control and it's, I don't have, I don't have a place to do stage dives and kicking my shit around and knocking my amps over. So I kind of just learned how to, I just learned how to just do it all. Just straight in, plug it in and go. Yeah, Less look, is more. I couldn't agree more, mate. I'm, look, I play live every weekend. I play live twice a week and, um, I do a lot of, when I say session work, I play covers, right? So you know the song and you turn up and you play. So it's not really session work, so to speak. I just turn up and play covers songs. But whenever I see musicians that have a bunch of, um, bass players or guitarists that have a bunch of effects in front of them, I think this is going to end in tears because I've even seen punters pour beer into effects units that are mounted in front or underneath the microphone stand. There is so much that can go wrong when you're playing live. The last thing you want to have is anything on the ground that can be messed with by somebody around you or that can just experience some sort of fragility and fail. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, the more stuff you put in the chain, I mean, I recently had to play a bunch of shows without without my wireless um, just because it wasn't uh, it wasn't working properly and there was there was a uh, interference and I had to play in a chord and besides tripping over the chord, which sucks, uh, you know, um, it sounded great. Just plugged right in, you know, no wireless, no gain from the wireless. It was just pure. And you know, you, you got two things go wrong. Either your guitar's broken, well, I guess three, or your chord's broken or your hemp's broken. So it's, it's pretty much, you know, the chain, the chain's right there. And I think, you know, the less you have, the cooler it is, the more raw, the more real, the more stripped down it is, you know, full Keith, Keith Richards style, you know? Yeah, totally, mate. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I better wrap things up. I want to thank you so much for your time. You're a legend. I'll certainly be in the audience when you guys tour at the, um, I'm from Brisbane, Queensland, mate, so I'll be uh, in the Brisbane show, mate. I, can, I hope we can catch up and have a beer, actually. Well, let me know. I'll be, I'll be lurking around. I'll probably, my beer my beer will probably be like rum or vodka but yeah I'll, I'll definitely have one with you alright mate for sure we'll have a Bundy together alright cool sounds good man alright thank Thanks. you brother cheers all the best you've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith that interview subject was Fletcher Drag from the US outfit Pennywise thanks so much for listening